Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the ultimate survivor, Mars! Hello! Hello! Deja vu! Deja vu! Deja vu! <laughs> so, for those of you at home who don't know, we already recorded this intro but yep. i forgot to hit record yep. <laughs> so all, all of my jokes are gonna be really fresh and uh <laughs> land great for mars today <laughs> all right so today we are going to be reviewing a little movie called sweetheart i picked this movie and one of the reasons i picked it is because if you've ever wanted to know what it would be like to face off with a land shark this is the movie that answers that question for you <sighs> Sorry, Mars. <laughs> yeah, I tapped into one of your. See, I here's the thing: is when I pick this movie, I'm getting ahead of myself. I know we usually explain this why we pick movies at some point, but my intention was Mars will like this movie because it's all about this amazing survivor girl. I hadn't even thought about how it taps into your worst nightmare. Well, so, and the description sorry. doesn't go in. It just says a creature, right? So it could have been anything. I definitely wasn't thinking land shark. I know we'll get into it and I'm jumping ahead. But the first time I saw it, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> There'll be none of that. <laughs> this is a joke, right? I'm watching the wrong movie. Did I fall asleep? Is this a nightmare? <laughs> Ripped straight from Mars's nightmares. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had a dream the other day. Okay. I, we had a totally different warm-up question for last round. So I'm going to tell you about my weird dream I had the other day. I dreamt that I was fighting Cthulhu monsters on the beach with Bernie Sanders. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but I feel like it's slightly on theme I mean, it's, for the it's, movie. It's adjacent. Right? <laughs> Me and old Bernie going to work. <laughs> that's amazing. Did you like eat something weird before you went to sleep no but just... i did not want to wake up like when i had to wake up i was like no but we are fighting the cthulhu monsters i just got a knife <laughs> bernie don't let go right <laughs> i feel like that's yeah it's very symbolic my dream it's all the things i love but also i feel like it's very metaphorical <laughs> so so it works on lots of levels I like to pretend that when you dream and someone that you know or, you know, someone who really exists is in the dream that they also had the same dream, but they just might not remember it. Oh, my and God. So <laughs> what if Bernie Sanders woke up that morning and was like, ooh, that pink haired girl sure is a fighter. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I love this theory. Can we please live in that universe? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Right? Because think about all the strangers that are in your dreams all the time. I know. And I and know that, like, because, it's, you know, the way your brain works, I assume whenever somebody appears in a dream that I don't know and I've never seen, it's someone that I, like, you know, passed on a sidewalk or something yeah. and my brain just latched, you know, remembers that face. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, that means that I've met a ton of people. <laughs> right? And that there's no chance that you would ever compare notes and find right. out that yeah. you guys have been actually simultaneously dreaming. Plus, I know that I've been in the dreams of people that I was meeting for the first time. Have I told you this story? No. I um, When I was in college, I had a friend who grew up in the Portland area, so all of his like high school friends were still around. And there was some day in between classes where he was like, hey, I'm meeting my friend at the Noodles & Co. For, or, you know, for lunch between classes. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, oh, yeah. you know. So I show up, and I'm meeting this guy for the very, very first time. We all know it. This isn't like I don't remember having met him or something. And he's just staring at me with this really weird, wide-eye, like, what the fuck look. And I was like, okay, so this 
dude hates me. Great. <laughs> so we go into the restaurant and my friend immediately is like, I got to go use the bathroom. I'm like, oh, fucking perfect. And now I have to sit here with this guy I don't know who won't stop staring me down and not in like a, oh, she's so pretty way, but just like in a, what the fuck are you doing here way? Oh my and God. And finally he's like, I'm so sorry. I know this is weird. But I dreamed about you last night. And I was like, what? And he goes, I mean, I don't. pickup line ever. He was like, yeah, you were just there. I just imagined it was just someone that, just someone my brain was making up. But you were in my dream. And I was like, oh, weird. That's super weird. And then it's weird. Like, it also was sort of, like, mundane in that, like, it wasn't like this person turned out to be your husband or something like that. I literally never saw him again. That's wild. What a weird experience. Yeah, and it wasn't like it wasn't like followed up by like, can I get your number or we should hang out. It was just like he's like, I'm sorry, I'm just so freaked out right now. I mean, that would be super freaky if that happened, right? <laughs> oh my god! That's and that's nuts. when I started having this theory that when we dream people in our dreams, they are having the same dream, but they just maybe gonna, just don't remember it. I'm just gonna start DMing Bernie and be like, Hey, yo, did you dream about Cthulhu's? <laughs> <laughs> Were you fighting with some girl with pink hair? Because that was me. <laughs> All right, so I have a quick warm-up question, even though I feel pretty warmed up. Uh, I still just wanted to ask you, this movie's all about being stuck on a deserted island and surviving, right? And our girl doesn't have a lot to work with, but she makes the best of what she's got. But if you were going to be stuck on a desert island, what thing would you want to take with you? You're a survivalist, so I'm curious to hear what you would think. I mean, it's going to be boring. I just would really want a knife. Really? A knife above all things? Yeah interesting that's not a bad choice i was thinking maybe water purifier yeah but you can collect you know naturally occurring fresh water yeah but what if it doesn't rain it would depend on the island but you can do that thing i don't know what it's called i'm sure there's a name for it where you like stake down the four corners of like a tarp or a leaf or something and oh. then you hit the bottom so right. that it creates like a not a funnel because there's no hole but you know right. like a concave like a cone I guess. And then you just collect the, I was going to say perspiration, but that's not it. You know, when it's nighttime and the water turns Condensation. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So maybe a knife. Yeah. You're probably right. A knife would be good. Because you'd need a knife. Yeah. For lots and lots of things. Yeah. I and just think could... like water, you run out, if you, you die fastest without water. So that's why I was thinking like one of those water straws. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. You're turning me around on this knife. Okay, cool. All right. So now that we spoiled the movie, can you please tell our listener about our spoiler policy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, it's episode 41. So if this comes as a shock to you, I am sorry, but we're going to spoil the whole movie. The only parts we're not going to spoil are the parts that I forget happened. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, good. So I picked this one. And the reason I picked it was it was one of my favorite movies from 2019. But I I didn't feel like it had gotten enough attention, even though it's on Netflix. I never hear people talking about it because I think you see the description and it doesn't sound nearly as compelling as it actually is. Yeah, in my no, opinion. it sounds pretty run of the mill, right? Based on the description, yeah, right. So I was like, since we do streaming picks and it's on Netflix, I'm like, we got to do this. Plus, it's a story about a girl who's surviving. She's like, a, she's not like someone who's a trained survivalist. She's just like a normal ass girl who's surviving on an island. And I think she's really smart and really resourceful. And I was like, this is for Mars. So who else would I want to review this with but you? So, I was into it. 
Yeah. Really into it. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. So that's why I picked it. So a little bit about this movie. This movie is from 2019. It's directed by J.D. Dillard, who had previously directed a movie called Slight, which is sort of like a superhero magic movie. He's done some uh, TV, like he did a couple episodes of Two Sentence Horror Stories. He did Trilogy and Guilt Trip. I actually haven't seen either of those, but now I'm going to go back and watch them because I'm curious. He mostly got his start working for Bad Robot, which is J.J. Abrams' uh, production company. And coincidentally, today, as I was preparing for this episode, I came across an article on io9 that he has been tapped to do something in the Star Wars universe. Oh, really? So that's exciting. It could be for Disney+. Plus. It could be theatrical unclear at this point but still that's pretty amazing yeah so, seriously so he's like clearly on a good trajectory but this is actually his second feature length film movie and he came up with the idea when he was at a wedding in virginia beach and he was looking out at the water it was like kind of quiet and he's like what is the scariest thing that could happen in this moment and oh he in his mind that he pictured the reveal scene that happens in this movie. He's like, that's the scariest thing that could happen. I mean, he's correct. That is the scariest thing. It's truly awesome. <laughs> I like. I say that like as an I was awed by the coolness of that reveal. Yeah, seriously. And he was thinking about his sisters, who are huge horror fans, and how they have been horror fans their whole lives, and they have the you know there are very few horror movies that. Uh, feature black women in the lead roles especially and rarely do they get to see the, the a black woman beat a monster fight face off with the monster and beat the monster and so he kind of wanted to make a movie for them he also wanted a, to make a movie that almost completely excises exposition it was sort of an experiment to see how much he could tell just with small bits of dialogue and context clues without having a character who shows up and like explains everything to you it was so awesome because that's those are actually some of my very first thoughts was, oh my god, I'm so glad we missed all of the <laughs> stuff that you think typically would show up. Right. When you saw the people show up, we were like, oh, here comes the exposition dump. It was, uh, yeah, well done. Very yep. well done. I thought that also, when I saw that, I was like, oh god, Mars is going to love this too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it was shot in Fiji, super, super low budget for Bloomhouse. It was a hit on the festival circuit. But for some reason, it didn't get a theatrical release. And I think it's a shame because it's a beautiful movie. Oh, the yeah. The setting is gorgeous. And imagine that reveal scene like <gasps> on a full big screen would be amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So unfortunately, it went straight to Netflix, which normally offers like a pretty decent sized audience. But I just never felt like I ever heard much about it. I don't think it ever caught on. And it's, to me, a hidden gem on Netflix. Yeah, it's a real shame that this isn't a, a more viewed movie because it's fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. And then The Creature, did you ever watch that show Face Off, which was like the special? Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. so one of the judges, Neville Page, not the goth guy, the kind of like bald guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He created the, the monster for this movie. Oh, dope. Yes. So normally he doesn't really do smaller budget movies, but J.D. Dillard and Neville Page became friends while both working for Bad Robot. 
And so like when he made this movie, he was just like, yeah, of course I want to do this for you, buddy. There's a whole article. I'll link to it in the show notes about all the things that went into like making sure that it was anatomically and based in like real biology. The sounds it makes are based on like these membranes that it would use for like smelling underwater. It's like a whole thing. Dude. And like, that was another thing that I was thinking when you finally get to see the monster that I was like, you know, the monster makes sense. Yeah. It's not like some monsters you see where you're like there's no way that they would have legs shaped like that if it was living but like i looked at this monster is like this monster literally makes sense in this environment and what it's doing yep the way they chose the design the feet in a particular way because they knew it was going to be running on the beach stuff like that so a lot of thought went into the creature design and i think it shows yeah I've never seen anything quite like it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so, all right. So that's enough about production. Let's get into this movie. Mars, would you mind giving us a synopsis of this here movie film? Yeah, let's do it. So this movie, like you were saying about, you know, cutting out all that exposition or whatever, this movie starts out with our main character washing up on the beach post whatever, you know, happened on the boat. And you know like i was saying i really appreciate stuff like that because it's like i don't need the first 30 minutes to be on the boat where we figure out everybody's relationships with each other and figure out her backstory and everybody's calling their sons by their first names over and over again so we all learn their names right right like that scene where like if there was a sibling pair you'd get at least one exchange of hey sis you want to hand me that you know whatever yes yes None of that. (laughs) Yeah. No, we don't need that. And I think that really effectively we learned everybody's relationships later on anyway without having Mm -hmm. to have that just time suck. And we never really learned what happened to the boat, but it doesn't really matter. It's not important to the actual story. But we start out with her waking up on the beach and she sees her friend next to her who's got a piece of coral sticking out of him. So she, you know, yanks it out, tries to block the wound, says she's going to go find him some water, hacks the shit out of a coconut, and by the time she gets back, he's dead. And the reveal of him being dead, I actually thought was really cool, how she's trying to pour the water and it's just kind of flooding back out again and he's not reacting and major actor points if that was if that was a real person that they tried to make dead major points for not reacting to choking (laughs) i think that was a real person i think so too i don't it doesn't look like i don't think i mean you'd have to have a huge budget and a lot of time to be able to create a dummy that looked that real but i always get impressed when people are able to do stuff like that and not you know blink their eyes in sudden shock or like choke on being <laughs> right, suddenly like flooded water with board. coconut water yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you did a good job being dead sounds like i'm being sarcastic but it's hard i guess you know i imagine it's hard <laughs> well before one thing he does say to her before she goes into oh, get the yeah. coconut she's like did you he's like did you see it yeah. and she just like in the moment it's not really focused on it and i don't even know if i noticed it the first time i watched it but this time i was like oh i did notice that she kind of paused like briefly ever so briefly but then you know does the thing where someone in an emergency does it they're like you know what not important in the moment gotta figure out this chest wound yeah you know and then in the shock of coming back to him being dead, obviously that little comment goes straight out of her head. Mm-hmm. She also calls out for, and I'm blanking on what her boyfriend's name is. Lucas. Lucas. I She's calling out for him, which again, without an exposition dump, we learn there was at least one other person on the boat, right? And someone who's obviously important to her. So she comes back. He's dead. So she kind of drops into what do I have at my disposal on this island kind of mode. And this is where Mars fell in love with Jen. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Although my one critique would be for later on when she's burying her friend, Brad. She was burying him and I was like, dude, you have to take his shoes. What are you doing? Don't bury him with shoes. You need the shoes. I don't, I know they won't fit, but like, you know. Everything is a resource now. I mean, it doesn't really matter because like in the very next scene, she gets her own shoes. But still, I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, oh, and then I also, I know that this is super cold and possibly I'm a robot. But (laughs) when she didn't immediately bury, like he died or whatever. And I was like, you know. I'm all for respecting the dead and sentimentality and whatnot, but those things are luxuries. And if you don't bury the body, it'll be a good way to find out if there's an animal on this island. And I was being, I was thinking like, you know, wild boars or wolves or jaguars or something. I mean, like scavenger animals that might be a problem. Right, right. That's what my head went. And I was like, man. See, this is why I, this is why you are who I go to in the apocalypse. (laughs) And then when she did bury him, she didn't even fully bury him. She just covered him over. And I was like, see, I know I'm jumping way ahead. But when she comes back and he's gone and I was like, see, this is why you don't bury the bodies. Because now you know there's something (laughs) on the island to be worried about. Anyway, Jen is wandering around the island and she finds the little campsite. Mm -hmm. And it's evidence that there were people there before. There's a cooler with bottled Coke in it and a backpack. Mm -hmm. And she finds a little keepsake box with some matches and you know i did appreciate the fact that she immediately zeroed on the matches and was like, right. yes. <laughs> she's like count 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 right <laughs> but everything's super dusty so you can tell that these people weren't right. here recently and then when she's going through the backpacks it looks like there's two kids backpacks because there's little kids stuff in it and it's mm-hmm. the really old game boy yeah <laughs> so you know this stuff is old so storm comes in she gets to collect some water she wakes up the next morning and there's, like, fish washed up on the beach, right? Dead fish. And I understand it's it's a desperate situation, but, like, and I probably would have done the same thing where I'm in her place where she ate them. But generally speaking, Don't it's eat the not dead a fish. great idea to eat a fish that's already dead because it died for a reason and it probably wasn't bad luck, you know? But she also finds half of a shark and it's got huge slash marks through it, which is not the way sharks attack each other right it would have been chunks and so it's kind of like a sign that there's something else clearly there's some sort of predator out there and it's a bummer yeah but you think like i stay out of the ocean we're good that's the shark's house generally stay off the plate although those slash marks would say to me claws which would say to me land the next scene that we get is the one that i previous to this thought she should have been doing anyway but she buries brad but she doesn't cover him over she just she lays big fronds over him and so the next morning when she goes out there he's been ripped from the hole and there's blood everywhere Mm -hmm. and that's when i was like see that's why you leave your bodies out (laughs) there's a lot of time of her alone just kind of figuring out how to survive in this place and at one point she sees something bobbing out in the water this was kind of i mean this is just me i would not have swum out there because i'm not a strong swimmer in a survival situation, you really should only be doing the things that you know you'll be able to recoup that energy from. It was a distance. When she made it out to the thing that's floating in the water, which turns out to be her suitcase in a, in a pot, she was a ways out there. And granted, going back in would be going with the current towards yeah. the island. But still, I was like, that's a dangerous choice there unless you're absolutely certain that you have waiting for you food and water or you're a strong swimmer. I would have died. That's all I'm saying. I would have sat on that beach. No, I'm not a good swimmer. Oh. I would have sat on that beach and just been like, it'll get here eventually. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked out because she got shoes. She did get shoes. I'm so happy for her. I was so happy for her when I saw (laughs) that she got shoes. Girl, you deserve those. Yes. But uh, while she's out there, she 
kind of dives under the water to see if there's anything else around and she sees the hole which Mm. was my first nightmare that occurred in this movie right why is that so freaking ominous like the ominous there we go the like the sand drifting down into the hole but like you just look at that and you're like a that is bottomless and b it's full of fucking evil shit right (laughs) there's no way that down there is mermaids having a good time i know right (laughs) there's not some like mystical sea cave full of bioluminescent fish you're not gonna run into some speaking manatees that want to be your friend down there it's just not happening no no it's nothing good is down that hole it is the pit to hell (laughs) (laughs) and you know she didn't go down it. That's good. I'm glad that, you know, you always worry. I always worry when things like this happen in movies where I'm like, don't make the dumb choice. You like, go get a closer look. You know, she kind of sees yeah. it and is like, that's fucked up. I'm going to go back to the island. So she gets her stuff back to the island. And it's I, I don't know if it's necessarily her luggage, but it is clothes that fit her. And like we we're saying, she gets shoes. And I'm so, so happy for her I for the shoes. fact it was luggage from the boat. Yeah, but I just don't know if it was her Uh, The reason I don't think it was hers is because she was looking at the size of the shoe. Oh. So I think it was luggage from the boat. Yeah, I I didn't catch it the first time either because I had the same question. So when I watched it again today, I was like, oh, nope, not hers because she's looking at the shoes. Uh, But she looks so happy to have a fresh set of clothes on after wearing her shipwreck clothes for two days. I know. Now suddenly she's got some Lulu row she can put on. (laughs) (laughs) She's just living her best life. So that night, she hears a plane flying over the island. And so Brad, the the guy who died, had a flare gun with him, and she had taken it from him. I hate the Survivor movies where they don't take all the resources from a body, which I realize, like, sounds like it's grave robbing. But it's like, you know, you're you're in a survival situation. You need... Your friend would want you to survive. They don't care about the shoes once you're they're dead. <laughs> right? Take them. You, Take you have my permission, shoes. Mars. I know you don't need it, but if we're ever in a survival situation and I die, you may take all of my resources. <laughs> See, and I would anyway, but now I don't have to feel bad about it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't have to just sit there being like, sorry, sorry, nope, sorry. No, nope, you I'm have like, my blessing. This is the way she wanted it. <laughs> well, if we ever die in a survival, if, I, if we ever die, if we're ever born both dead in the same scenario you have my permission no if we're ever in a survival scenario and i die first you can leave my body out to check for predators oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll have a harder time with it but i will try to remember that you gave me your blessing <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me of this story i read it's kind of sad um this week about these there was these two women who were on a ferry and they forgot to put the little lock wheel lock behind the car and it went off the ferry and they drowned. And when they found them, they were like the two women were their bodies were hugging each other. Oh my god! I know it was really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on that note, wow. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, so she hears the plane. She shoots the flare, and in like one of the coolest. Oh my god! I mean, it was one of the coolest shots I've ever seen. Let alone like monster reveals. It was so amazing. Full body chills. But the flare goes up, the plane doesn't see it, and it's coming back down, so, you know, the way flares do, and just as it hits the surface of the water, it outlines the silhouette of the monster. And the silhouette of this monster is amazing. Oh my god. 
You know what it reminded me of was the statue that's in the middle of the forest in the shrine. Oh, yeah. And when you see it, finally see it, it looks nothing like it, but it had a similar head shape. And that was so scary to me at the time that it was like a two twofer. Like I was truly creeped out by the silhouette of that monster. Oh my God. It was so... Because it's so alien and yet vaguely humanoid at the same time that you're like, fuck. It's horrifying because of what you're looking at. And yet it's also a really beautiful shot with the the way the light is. Yeah, I gasped when I saw it the first time. Oh yeah. my god, that was so amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad. And I love that, like you were saying earlier, that was his jumping off point basically yeah. for this movie was imagining the scariest thing ever and that being it because he's um he's absolutely 100 percent correct that is <laughs> the scariest thing yes correct <laughs> if you're ever at night near a body of water that is in fact dude you do not <laughs> want to see that have you ever gone to the beach at night yeah yeah. It's super scary. I hate it. It's a little troubling. When you're right next to the fire, it's not as bad. But if you wander off by yourself, mm-mm. no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I immediately go to that like opening scene of Jaws where they're like swimming. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Whenever I see a movie where they try to do the romantic, but you know, like in, in romantic movies where they're skinny dipping at night and I'm like, no, that's no, no. not, no, no, would never, I never, I never. Yeah, it's like the your worst date ever. That's that's so many of my fears rolled into one. They just need to take you for like a pedicure first and they'll have like, the trifecta. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just cover the surface of the water in bees. <laughs> oh shit. That's oh, yeah. my actual like Sophie's choice moment is it's nighttime and I'm at a lakeside. And there's a swarm of bees coming. Do I dive into the water to escape the bees? Or do I stay out of the shark's house and let the bees get me? How allergic to bee stings are you? I don't know. I've never been stung. I think you go in the water. I don't know. I think I'd rather just die. <laughs> you choose, you're choosing your death. I you, just would stand with my arms stretched out. Anaphylactic shock is better than water. <laughs> is what I'm hearing? Okay. <laughs> I mean, at least you know your priorities. That's all that matters. <laughs> just hold my own breath until I passed out. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, Mars. <laughs> okay <laughs> so now we, we have to face it we can't avoid it forever it's monster time yeah 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 so she sees this thing and you know logically runs and hides in a hollow log that she found earlier or no she just runs into the woods this is yeah. when we get that shot where she's just kind of crouched on the ground and we see the fuzzy like blurry of it walking around and that's when we first get the sounds yes. oh and it's also when we first get like the score which the minute i heard this i was like oh this is right up our alley the music in this the the score in this music movie is fantastic i loved it oh my god like it's kind of synthy without being like a total 80s throwback like it feels like fresh synth yeah it didn't feel like cheesy yeah I really liked it. I was a super big fan of that. But she runs into the woods and she hides and we get to see the blurry in the background of the thing walking around and the sounds it makes. And I really liked the sound design of the noises it made because it seemed, like we were saying earlier, it seemed um, really realistic for the environment that this monster is made for. It sounds exactly like if it were truly existed. Yeah, that's exactly the sounds it would make. It makes like sort of like a chirping snort. 
Yeah, but it's also, it sounds reminiscent of animals that use echolocation. Yes. Which is big on, you know, whales and dolphins and stuff. It's pretty cool. And also, I love the restraint in terms of showing the monster. Like, we see the silhouette, and then we kind of see his feet moving around, but it's really about the audio. I mean, 90% of this movie is just staring at Kiersey Clemens' face, but just the tromping around, the very alien and yet aquatic sounds that the monster is making is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And it allows you to stretch out the fear of the unknown in a way that makes it heightens the fear for me always. And I liked it because sometimes when they do monster noises, you can tell what animal they source that from. You know, you can kind of be like, oh, well, that's a pitched down elephant, you know, or something like that. And this one, as much as it reminded me of a lot of aquatic animal sounds, there wasn't a sound in there that I made me think like, oh, well, that's just that's so a pitched down dolphin or that's, you know, a seagull. It seemed like its own unique set of vocal sounds, but yet fit perfectly into whatever genus family animal, you know, it would have been a part of it had it been real. Yeah, it had almost like a whistle aspect to it almost. It yeah. was It was really cool. You could almost sense the anatomy that created the noise. Yeah, it was very cool. Very yeah. cool. Okay, so the next morning, she's looking through that little tin box that she found the matches in and finds out that there's a false lid. And inside are some photos, like Polaroid-style photos. And as she's flipping through them, it's like, you know, kids and in the water and stuff. And then she realizes that these were taken on this island because there's a picture of of a woman hanging up the bag that she found hanging from a tree, which tells us that this family came to this island voluntarily. Because, you know, the first time when I saw this stuff, I thought, oh, they must also have been shipwrecked or... Oh, I see. I got the impression the current had brought them there. You think they went there voluntarily? I think so. Oh, Because, okay. I mean, she's smiling and hanging her bag oh, up I in guess the tree. You're right. They and the are kids are swimming. Yeah. They brought Coke with them, you know? Yep. You're right. So it seemed like, oh, they got here on purpose. I don't think it's this scene where she sees the eyes, right? She's just seen the pictures. The night before she found the pictures and she was just kind of looking through them. In the morning, she takes a close, that, that next morning she takes the closer look at it and sees them. Sees the reflective eyes in the background. Yeah. At one point earlier in the movie, we also found their graves, like their grave sites of at least three of them because one person had to still bury them. So she decides she's going to try to fashion a floating device by stuffing her the, the suitcase with the uh, life preservers. Which I thought actually was like, I mean, it was a good idea. It didn't work, but it wouldn't have occurred to me. I it probably would not have occurred to me to try to float away from the island on something like that anyway, because I'd be like, well, I'm going to die out there faster than I would die here, I suppose. So I don't know. You know, it was for me the moment I realized that she's a little bit more resourceful and she's a little bit more smarter than I would have initially just thought. Like when she comes to the island and she is not like, oh, I'm a survivor, and this is my knife I brought. And you're like, oh, so she's, just, she's an ad- average person. Which I love. Yeah, and then just to see that this one scene where she was trying to engineer a floating device, it was like, oh, so she's actually, like, she's thinking, she's, you know, there's some sort of, like, you know, engineering-type brain in her who can mm-hmm. look at pieces and put them together into, oh, I could try this, you know. And, like, yeah, it fails, but... But she's trying stuff. Yeah. You know, or later when she creates her own hammock, I mean, I love this scene because it's kind of like, okay, I have to get the fuck out of here. There is a monster on this island. 
So she tries to fashion something that'll allow her to foot load away. When that fails, she doesn't just collapse. She doesn't go into hysterics. She, in fact, she never loses her cool throughout this entire movie. She gets frightened, but she never goes into hysterics which is something that we're so used to seeing. There's a whole period where somebody gets beat down and then in our third act, they finally turn into Rambo. And that never happens. She's always thinking, she's always trying to come up with solutions. So when she realizes the flotation device isn't going to work, she's like, okay, well, I can't leave. All right, so what do I do then? Okay, I need to find somewhere to hide and make it through the night. So I have, you know what I mean? Maybe I can recoup and come up with some new ideas tomorrow. But she is constantly thinking and using the resources around her in a way that I was just like, yes. This is what I want to see. She was really smart about dividing her efforts. Like I was saying, like, if you're in a survival situation, you have to expend your energy only in the amounts and in ways that, you know, you can make it back again. So she did her flotation device thing, didn't work. And she was like, okay, now I need to use my energy to figure out how I'm going to survive the night. Right. Instead of like, I'm going to try something else and the night will fall and I'll realize that I haven't created a shelter. You know, correct. She did not wait till the sun was setting to be like, oh, fuck, what do I do? Right, right. I'm going to try to snap this stick into a spear and find a place to sleep and you touched on this a little bit one of the things i think is so remarkable about this is like if you think about something like your next and i love the main character in that that girl she's badass she sets all these traps she's this survival girl but you find out through the backstory that she has this survivalist background and that's super cool but she does become kind of a superhero a little bit in that right whereas this she is not someone who has specialized training. She's not a biologist. She's not a survivalist. She's just a normal woman who recognizes she has a problem and she's going to solve it. And I, I love that. I find that so relatable. And as much as I love the aspirational dream aspect of survivor girls, I realized how I never see this character and like how thirsty I am for characters like this. It filled a hole I didn't even know I had in terms of like <laughs> the kind of women I want to see in horror movies. So I was That's very. What she said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. That's what she said. <laughs> That's right. Feminism. I love Jen. I love that. I love her. Yeah. So she decides to sleep in in this hollow log that she found earlier. And the monster, I don't know if it knew she was in there, if it was just being needlessly destructive, but it starts pounding on the log. And I was so proud of her for not leaving the log, right? Yes. And not being like, gotta get out of here. I'm like, no, you stay in that log until the log no longer serves a purpose because you are better off. Because like I said, at this point, we don't know what the intelligence level of this monster is. So we don't know if it saw her because of the flare and then decided, well, she's got to be here somewhere. I'm going to find her. Or if it was more of like lesser intelligent animal that in the moment knew she was there. But then when time passes, is like, you know, so maybe it's just being needlessly destructive. Maybe it, you know, I don't know, it's marking territory or something. But you don't know for a fact that it knows you're in there. It could smell her maybe and but didn't know where she was. Because later on we see... It gets her by shaking trees and shit. So, so it could be. So at that point, you know, not knowing what the intelligence level of this monster is, or even, or even not even knowing, like, can it smell me? I don't know what its skills are. The fact that she stayed in the log and, and it, I mean, it like rolled her down the beach in that log, and I mean, she understandably had some heavy panicked breathing going, but she didn't scream and she didn't try to get out, and she was just like, well, I'm in this log till the end. Yep. 
which is the move to make. Obviously, because she survives. So the next day, she is beginning her, like, I mean, I know that we talked about, like, her division of labor, you know, how smart it was. And so the next day is kind of like a gather food. And this was another moment where I was like, dang, she's smart because she's catching all these little fish in this tidal pool. And in my head, I was like, how are you going to, are you just going to eat them whole? They're so small. This shows, like, I might hope to be a survivalist and I might have some thoughts, but I did not come up with this plan. Right? And so she catches all these little fish, mashes them up, at which not point I- Not squeamish at all. I was still looking at it going like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. And then she dumped it in the water and I was like, well, what's all the work for then? Then you just see all the fucking fish. And then realize she was chumming the water. Oh, so smart. So smart. Although, and then I did really, really love when she, the first time she sees the little shark and she like, oh, <laughs> I mean, power to her for getting freaked out and then staying in the water and being like, I got to catch this shark. I would have been like <laughs> high knees running out of the water being like, nope, 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 nope. You would have walked home <laughs> atop the water. Or I just would have walked further out into sea and being like, you know what? I had a good run. <laughs> I, I tried my hardest. It's time to leave room for someone else. But she does spearfish a shark. She's so cute when she does, when she succeeds. She's I like, know. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, I don't like ha- hunt, animal hunting, whatever. But I was happy for her. Like, I didn't know what she was planning, but I was just like, good for you, girl. You I know. I 100% thought she shit. was going to eat it. No. She but again, division of labor. Yeah. She uses it as bait. Right, so that she can get a look at this thing, which is so smart. I, yeah. I don't know that it would have occurred to me. I would have been like, how do I hide? How do I hide? How do I hide? But she was like, I need to learn my enemy. I'm just imagining her, like, she's dug her her pit so she can watch. She's used this shark as bait, and she has a plan, whereas mine would have been me just, like, sitting in the woods, like, gnawing on a raw shark and being like, I want to go home. <laughs> I didn't even want to be on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> this shark doesn't taste good at all. Word. <laughs> Same. Oh, I wish I was drunk right now. That right? You're like, I pouting. hope that Coke fermented. I know. <laughs> How do I turn Coca-Cola into beer? <laughs> um, anyway, so she sets up this shark as bait. And she looks away for like a second. And we hear the rope snap and the shark's gone. But luckily for her, the next day she finds a torso on the beach. So, you know, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) She takes that in stride. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, her reaction when she rolls him over is appropriate. But she gets over pretty quickly and drags him, well, part, you know, the part of him she found up onto the beach and uses that as bait again. And this time she actually does get to look at the monster as it's, you know, trying to get this person part down and as she's watching the plane flies over again but she can't do anything about it because the monster's out there you know but it is it's kind of hopeful because if there's two planes in that short amount of time then you know you're under a flight path unfortunately wherever that plane is taking off from it's only going to cross your island at night yeah that's not great i mean it's better than nothing but it it ends up not really mattering the next night she does what i mentioned earlier she makes a hammock to in order to yes. sleep up in the tree which is super smart which i never would have thought of i thought about it because i was like well you need to be sleeping in the tree if this thing is an ocean creature which she knows it is because she's seen it come and go out of the water that means it's probably not equipped to climb trees it might be super tall 
and it maybe can jump, but it's probably not really built to climb trees. But that being said, I also don't know that I would trust a hammock that I make. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair critique. (laughs) If she made me a hammock, I also probably wouldn't trust it because I'm very untrusting when it comes to gravity, but I would trust it a little bit more than the one that I made. I probably would have just pulled like a catness and just tried to tie myself to a branch. I mean, unless between now and the day that I get stranded on an island, I learn some better knots. But right now, I don't have the knot knowledge. Well, I guess we know what you're going to be looking up this weekend. <laughs> I actually um, did almost, I almost got into knot, knot building, knot make. I don't know. Anyway, I almost bought a book and a bunch of rope because I was like, I want to learn some knots. I feel and like then... that's a good survival skill to have. Yeah, I I start dabbling in a lot of things, and then I get distracted, and it's like I have, I understand. Like, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, right? And then I'm, like, get really into something else, and then I become obsessed with it for months, and then I'm like, oh, that's right, I was going to learn knots. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still time. You can still be the knot-tying extraordinaire. Oh, so she's in the hammock. She hears it in the woods. And this, I also really liked this shot where we see mm. it and it's kind of walks in from screen, you see, right? Yeah, you see just like it between the trees and you're like, fuck. Oh, it was really, really good. And I also really liked that they didn't have her do the gasp and then the quick lay down. Because it's like in those scenarios, if you're going to lay, you either hold that exact position until it's gone or you lay down so slowly because it's the movement that's going to, it might not see you. It might not realize you're up there. And moving quickly is what's going to draws attention so anyway it latches onto one half of her hammock and dumps her out of the tree that scene is so tense though because you're just focused on her face in the hammock and you don't know where that thing is you just know it's stalking around below her you're like don't look up don't look up don't look up i also if i was gonna be in a hammock i would have i think i would have tried to camouflage it a little bit more i don't really know how you would camouflage something that is attached to two trees like that but you could try i mean Oh well, <laughs> I you know, I'm I wasn't there. Hopefully, so we'll I... never have to make that call. <laughs> so it knocks her out of the tree, and it starts chasing her down the beach. And this I really, intense. I thought this was cool. Yes, very cool and very scary. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, the shots of her running and us seeing it kind of behind her, like he's kind of off to the side, so we're not seeing the full monster yet, but we're just seeing it chasing her down the beach. Super scary. But then when it starts, it does that thing where it jumps into the water because it's faster in the water than it is on land and keeps jumping back onto... Oh, Oh. God. Ah. Oh, it was so cool, though. Like, it was such a cool idea. It was. It was very, very cool. And you feel like how the hell can she possibly survive this? She is so outmatched by this monster at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, running on the sand is hard. Even if you are, like, a fast runner, sand is a whole other element. Fuck sand. It leaps out of the water in front of her at one point. She manages to stab it, but then it backhands her into the water. And again, there's so many little details in this movie that happen that don't happen in a lot of other movies that I really liked. And the fact that it hit her into the water and she didn't immediately get up and start running again, because that would hurt getting slammed into wet sand like that. And so the fact that she got stunned and actually just had to lay there and actually get her breath back, I appreciate when they do that in movies because it just, it's so dumb when people get like, thrown across a room and they just get back up again and they're like you know right back no at you it. wouldn't <laughs> no right no you would not sir 
every time he sees someone who's not, you know, a Jason Statham trained fighter get punched in the face and then they just kind of hold it and stand back up again, I'm like, I'd be out. Yeah, you're done, son. <laughs> like, I might not be knocked out, but I'd be on the ground still being like, never mind, you win. Whatever it is that we're doing here. Mistakes were made. I regret my decisions immediately. <laughs> totally <laughs> so i did really like that she actually you know reacted the way that i think a human would react if that happened to them if they got backhanded by a sea monster but she gets up and she realizes that it's not around anymore it has returned to the ocean probably because she stabbed it and its feelings were hurt yeah i mean that'd make you grumpy so the next day she sees the emergency raft floating out in the water so she swims out to it and realizes that there's still people on it yeah. and it turns out to be her boyfriend and another lady i feel so bad for characters that are put in this position where they're like i have to explain this thing that doesn't make sense to people who won't believe me but i need them to believe me immediately right and I, you can kind of tell that she knows i i could tell them the full truth but they're not going to believe me but i also can't not tell them the truth or they won't listen to me See, so you're kind of just suck it up and be like, I'm fucking going to have to tell him I saw a sea monster, goddammit. And this is like the first dialogue we've had in the movie since the guy died on the beach. This is literally the first time we've heard her speak again for, I don't know, 45 minutes? But I was never bored. No, no It is no, a no. Di almost dialogueless movie that is so totally, in it's enthralling. Like, it's you're fully hooked on it. You're never bored. You're never feeling like the lack of dialogue in this movie. She's been alone for a week. Right. And so to hear human voices again, I feel like would have the same effect that it actually had on me. Right. Yeah. Like, like you have though... to find your sea legs again, but like for talking. Yeah. 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 And so it wasn't jarring necessarily. And it wasn't like unwelcome, but it was just sort of like, oh, that's right. Words. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So they get onto the island and she's trying to be like, oh, I'm so glad you're alive. We have to get back on the raft. <laughs> right. And as much as I hate Lucas, I also can't really blame him for not wanting to get immediately back on that raft and going back out into the ocean. I also think that they should have done that because of the monster. But if I were in Lucas's position, I 100% would have been like, she's been alone on a week for a week on this island. She's been having to survive by herself. She's probably a little sunstroked, probably a little bit isolation crazy. That raft fucking sucked. The open ocean sucks. You can't drink any of that water. There's sharks everywhere. I'd like a breather on land. You know, like, I don't blame him. I don't like him, but I don't blame him. Yeah. Except for that's his girlfriend. You would think you would believe your partner. It's not just some stranger telling you we gotta leave this place. Okay, so I actually, in watching this movie, I tried to imagine if this had happened to us, and I arrived on an island and you were already there and you were like, oh, I'm so glad you're alive. You gotta get back on the raft. <laughs> I would definitely want more details. Yeah. But I also definitely would have gotten back on that raft that day. I would not have been happy about it. There is a dynamic that is taking place amongst this group that makes their like total dismissal of her more problematic. When I saw them on the raft and they just looked so fucking ravaged, I, I thought of, I'm sure I've talked about this before, that episode of I Shouldn't Be Alive. Have I talked to you about this? Um, so there was a show. So. I know you mentioned it, but. Yeah, there was a show called I, I Shouldn't Be Alive. And it's like all of these stories of people that survived like unbelievable odds. Somebody's plane crashed into a pride of lions. 
and had to survive these lions for like several days. Oh my god. But there's one where these people were in a shipwreck and they were on a raft for several days and it did not go well. Somebody had injuries that turned septic. So everybody was like sitting in the water that was had like all of this like infection in it. And then people started drinking seawater and going crazy. And there was a pack of sharks trailing them that would occasionally try to bump them out of the, the raft. Oh my god. And like the people that drank the seawater went crazy and just stepped off the raft and immediately got devoured by sharks. Oh my god. So like when I saw the raft I was like I get it because I'm thinking of this episode. But what I didn't like was the way they talked to her. Right away I was like there's something off about the way that they're talking to her and like that gets reinforced in a later conversation that we'll get to. Yeah I mean like the the Mia character, the lady who's there, who we find out is somehow connected to Brad. Like, I'm assuming they're dating or something because he's the one she asks about. Yeah. And, she, you know, he's the one that she says, well, things are getting drawn to this island. What if Brad shows up? You know. Um, but she just immediately is just super condescending. Yes. To Jen. And as as you're saying, Lucas is just a just a bag of trash that we'll find out later. Oh, Yes. So, you know, I was a little both ways on yeah, this room. Totally. Like, you know, totally. if it was someone that I trusted as much as Lucas is supposed to trust his girlfriend and care about his girlfriend, I would have gotten back on the raft. But I would have been, I would have, ne- I would have definitely needed a little bit of convincing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I would not have been happy about it. No, 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 no. But I probably would have done it. Yeah. Well, he blew it. <laughs> yep. So. We get a conversation with, oh, yeah, and then we get a little bit, like, she asks to borrow his knife, and then she finds blood on it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you want to hope that he killed a fish, but you're also kind of feeling like he didn't. They're super cagey about their friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says that he, like, he washed up on shore when she's telling them, like, everything that they went through, and they, like, they side-eyeball each other, and then you see the bloody knife, and you're like, ah, shit. When she flipped over the body and I was, you know, you see the face and you're like, well, that looks like, you know, sea fish and whatever, like nibbling on him. But there were slash marks yeah, on his face. Yeah, it was not It was good. like, theoretically, possibly an animal could have made that shape of wound, but also maybe not. Also maybe not. Yeah. So she is kind of separated from them, from Lucas and the end. She says she's collecting food for the, the raft. And she kind of realizes that they're not going to leave with her. And that she no longer cares that they're not going to leave with her with you know with on the raft with her and that she really needs to get off this island so she packs up the raft and starts trying to escape on it but they Lucas and Mia notice and they grab her and she kicks Mia so Mia knocks her the fuck out with an oar yeah great yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and they like patronize the shit out of her this is where we get the name sweetheart is cuz like he literally shouts her down yeah. Yell, calling her sweetheart. And you're like, oh, okay. So you're a fucking monster too. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Message yep. received. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> Jen wakes up and she's tied to a tree. And oh, and the sun is setting. The sun has gone down. And Mia's sitting there acting super condescending and awful. And she says that Lucas went off to check the island. And Jen's kind of like, it doesn't come from the island. It comes from the ocean. And, like, granted, yeah, if this was someone I didn't know very well, I also would be like, she's crazy. She's lost it. I mean, she even tells her, I don't think you're trustworthy, like, how you got mugged or whatever before we (sighs) left. 
Oh my which god. is this idea of not believing people when they say that they're in danger, not believing people when they are saying they're victims of violence. Just like dismissing the victim is what they're doing in addition to not listening to her when she's like, there's real danger and they're just dismissing it. Yeah, out of hand. It also, for me, kind of alluded to possibly Jen does have some sort of, some problems from their 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 other their other life they're like normal life like not necessarily i'm not trying to say that i also jumped to like oh well she's a liar but like you know there are people who call out for help by being dramatic about stuff mm, you know and it's not because they're attention seeking but it's because they just don't know how to ask for help right and then when we learn more from lucas about how he thinks she sabotages everything and so you know it was kind of like maybe she did have some issues and being on this island and having to depend on herself was what made her kind of grow up about it and be like, oh, there are bigger things, you know, but mm. I don't know. See, my takeaway was kind of like, there's there's definitely like a class thing that's happening here where- Oh yeah, that guy is a, oh, his whole like, I pay for your life. How are you going to live without me? Where are you going to live? I paid for all your school. And I was like, God damn, this guy's garbage. Yeah. Like these kids seem like rich kids. She's like the poor person they're bringing along with her. And so I kind of feel like they dismiss her. And I don't know that I, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like they didn't believe her, but that doesn't mean that she's not trustworthy because like, especially at the end when she talks about like how she's gone through life and people just don't, she has trouble getting people to believe her. So I, I actually think what she, she did get mugged and they just were like, ugh, you and your problems. You're always such a problem. You're always such drama. And yeah. like, we're bringing you along. You should be so grateful. You should just be happy and grateful. So that was my interpretation of it was that like, it was, uh, that was sort of an, a class thing because it's all kind of booked ended with this whole thing about him shouting at her about how like everywhere you go, a black cloud follows you and like everything was going great until you wanted to leave. And then suddenly the ship gets cracked, you know, like the sh their storm comes and I kind of feel like they're blaming her or disregarding her because she's not, like, one of the these, like, little rich kids. My take, similar but a little different, was that okay. it felt like she was someone who was surrounded by so many toxic people for so long that she didn't know how mm. to be, how to, like, take care of herself, you know? So it was, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, she wasn't mugged and she lied about it, but it's just sort of, it seems like she didn't know how to stand up for herself you know gotcha. because she's around these people who are constantly putting her down and constantly Definitely. downplaying these things that happened to her that it 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 was more like a i don't know how to protect myself from that you know what i mean mm -hmm. so maybe she was one of those people that seemed like she was always had some problem but it was because she always did have a problem it's right. just that she didn't know how to you know how to even recognize that it was a problem because she was gotcha. always with people who are like oh, you are always bringing a storm cloud and she didn't know how to recognize like, oh, I bring a storm cloud because you bitches are awful to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That could be. That could definitely be. Oh, they're so shitty. I hate them so much. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me feel like the other two dudes who already died, I was like, now I think that they were probably assholes too. Oh, yeah, definitely. They were all a bunch of rich kids. I know that this movie was written in the time following this the 2016 election and so i do think there is some thematic as aspects that are about like black people being like hello i'm in danger and white people just like dismissing it and not believing them when they say that they're in danger but i think that maybe applies more directly to what's happening with her trying to tell them about the monster and them just ignoring it yeah i don't know 
I feel like I feel like we're kind of both in the same. Oh yeah, yeah. Just I'm not arguing at all. Oh yeah, no, me yeah. neither. Okay, it was just that was my initial thought was just like she's the product of being poorly treated by people who oh for sure don't recognize it you know and yeah i think we're agreeing yeah (laughs) i think we're like agreeing like and using different words to agree over and over again just like (laughs) definitely sharing the viewpoint that these people are awful yeah they suck yeah bottom line they suck and they get theirs oh yes they do okay so she decides to take the 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 raft at this yeah point. they've knocked her out he's given her that horrible speech about like where would you live if you left me like how dare you think about leaving me and like yeah I, i'm the only reason why you survive and go to school and blah 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 and i was like oh god damn it how did you not how did you get on a boat with this guy i know jesus well if you think back when she found the pictures of them in her journal he was like you didn't even see his face because he was wearing like a devil mask Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little foreshadowing for you right there. <laughs> I th- And I think that's where I got the idea that she had didn't know how to recognize the fact that she was surrounded by toxic people. That's probably was like, Why true. wouldn't you leave him sooner? Like, obviously, this yeah. guy's garbage. And then it's like, oh, if you didn't recognize that you deserve better than that. That could be. That could very well be. Him. I don't know. Uh, but while they're having this fun conversation... Mia's walking in the water, and that's sort of, you know, obviously she's going to get attacked. And she does by the monster, and this is when the monster becomes real for everyone. Um, Lucas runs out to go fight the monster. Jen manages to break her ropes, but it's uh, too late, and he the monster drags Mia into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the next morning, Lucas is pretty, I mean, understandably... <laughs> understandably freaked out and jen is the one who's got like the clear solid head and is like it doesn't come out in the day we need to pack the raft and go we need food for a week we need to be smart about what we're doing and um, i love the juxtaposition of the two scenes right after each other where he's like shouting down to her and being patronizing as shit to him cowering in the the, the i know he's like trying to climb a tree and she's like it doesn't come out in the day and he's like are you sure That was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. So they um they pack up the raft, they swim it out far enough, and then they get into it, and that's when she sees that the inside of the raft is covered in blood. Yeah. And the things that we suspected happened are yeah. being confirmed. Yeah, it's seemingly confirmed they straight murked their friend. Yep. Who they think was going crazy. Which I wonder if that means he saw the monster. Oh, yeah, because they did say you're starting to sound like whatever mm-hmm. his name was. And I thought that meant, like, in general. Yeah. But possibly they meant specifically your well, mentioning Because the other guy definitely saw it. And uh, Lucas is trying to paddle and it, he sees something swim under the water in a truly chilling moment. Because I don't know if it's because I'm actually afraid of sharks or if it was an actually creepy shot. I don't know. I'm confused I think it's a little fear. bit of both. <laughs> yeah. My fear is confusing me on why I'm afraid. And so he finally is like, oh, shit, you know, and... He tries to tell her he saw something, and then the claw hand comes out and goes for him, and it misses, and it starts attacking the, the, and oh, when you see him, like, running its claws along the yes, bottom of the raft. Yes, that is so creepy. Because it's not an all-out, like, a, an aggressive attack. It's just it's like, slow... he's testing. He's yes. testing to see where the weaknesses are. And again, and... I'm thinking of that freaking show, and, like, the sharks, like, bumping them, bumping people, trying to pop them <sighs> out of the boat. Right? You know, they say that the majority of shark bites are really sharks just being curious as yeah. to what 
that thing is or whatever. Yeah. And so to give this thing the same sort of like it wasn't curiosity of it being like, I wonder what this is, but it like testing for weaknesses. It's and problem like, solving. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a goal. So now we know it's it is actually somewhat intelligent. Yeah. Um, it does manage to rip a hole in the bottom of the the. Oh my god! Rack. When its head comes through the thing, <laughs> 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 terrifying. Lucas manages to shoot it with the flare, and it disappears, and then just pulls Jen right out of the bottom of that raft so fast. Oh, oh, it's so, so creepy. And then just swimming, swimming, just swimming, swimming oh. down, down, down with her and Lucas grabs the spear and is going after them which is you know i didn't expect that of him i really expected him to just sit in the raft and be like well i guess all the food's for me but he does go after the one heroic thing he does yeah and he's got that spear and he's like i'm gonna do this and jen stabs it with the pocket knife and so it abandons her and goes after lucas and he manages to not stab it at all and instead gets dragged down into Into that hole oh my god (laughs) my nightmare so Jen makes it back to the island where she starts writing her her letter uh-huh. in her journal um, describing the fact that there is a monster. No one will believe her. And like you're saying, her thing about it, I've always had a hard time getting people to believe me, but, you know, this is this is what's happened. And meanwhile, we're getting the weapon-making montage, which is always one of my favorite scenes in a survival movie is yes! the montage or and the movie-dropping montage. Or earned one and i like that it's like some of it's going wrong and so she's still problem solving it's just in montage form yeah because normally this montage is where our average person transforms into rambo for no reason right and i don't care for that no aspect of it but this was i was really done well because it showed her experimenting and it showed her trying things out and it showed her not getting the results she wanted so she tried something else and, and and discovering a whole new resource that never even occurred to me. The bones in that graveyard. Bone daggers. <laughs> bone daggers. Like yeah. Alternate title for the movie. Bone daggers. Or the name of our next metal band. Yeah. Oh, damn. Our all-female metal band, Bone yes. Daggers. Yeah. Okay. So on the Zombie Girls, we came up with um, a bakery that we were going to open called Mannequin Pubic Care. But now our metal band that performs at, at Mannequin Pubic Hair is going to be Bone Daggers. Oh, my God. Or it could be one of those super, like, hipstery places where we transform into a bar at night. Yes. Like, a, there's a speakeasy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a speakeasy called the Bone Dagger. In the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You just have to bring a small pocket-sized book of matches in order to get in. Indeed. <laughs> code name sweetheart oh my gosh dagger i love it <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. anyway so i also really liked in this part that she's making she's not just like i'm gonna make my weapon or i'm gonna dig my pit she's like i'm gonna make a bunch of stuff because yeah. i'm probably only gonna get one hit out of each of them so i you know death by a thousand cuts scenario right right which is super smart because she makes a plethora of stabbing items I, it's just stabbing items everywhere you look and it's smart smart. because it's like you're right you probably you know you cut down your chances on being successful if you just make you know your one spear or whatever even if you make one really awesome spear so she makes a bunch of stuff she sets up sort of a fire ring trap Mm -hmm. baits it captures the monster in said fire ring and then just starts like 
darting in and out and just stabbing when she can. I also appreciate a fight scene where the hero gets hurt, you know, because like it it throws her a few times and she hits trees and she does not pop right back up and like, oh, okay, shake it off. She shows the fact that she's getting hurt and she's slowing down. And there is like an aspect of adrenaline here that I think is believable where she does keep going back and she does eventually run straight out onto the beach. And she's had enough run-ins with him that she knows where she knows her enemy enough to know where her tactical advantage is. Yeah, yeah. So she runs out onto the beach. It chases her, but does actually end up succumbing to the thousand little cuts. Dude, when she was just like shank, 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 oh shank, my shank. God. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Because it's also, again, it's an expenditure of energy thing being like, if I'm this close and it hasn't hit me yet, I better get in as much as I can as fast as possible because it could, this could be over for me quickly and soon. But it does collapse and she does kill it and then decapitate it. Right. I'm glad that she went and killed it. She never did the thing where you like sit down next to the monster and you're like, I'm just so tired. Oh my god. No, she was like, uh uh-uh, no, no, no. We're going like, to finish you know, this. She definitely had a, like, well, the job's not over yet. <laughs> like, So she cuts its head off. Camera pulls back to see that her fire ring has set the entire island on fire, which was such a cool shot. And it, then the end. Yes. When, like, it harkens back, actually, to something that Mia says, where she's just like, we'll just make a big fire, and then they'll see us and find us. Oh, yeah. And so she's, she made a big fire. She did make a big fire. <laughs> And she still has the raft, and now that she doesn't have that thing is not there, she could potentially fix the raft and try her escape. So yeah, or you know, and she does know she's under a flight path, and yep. she does have a big ass fire now. It was left intentionally ambiguous so that you can decide how you want to interpret the end. And the director said that he wanted kind of like meta, like the, sort of thematically, the idea is like even if you survive the monster, like the fight continues it's yeah. not you're not just like out of danger like it's you can slay the monster and still continue to have to survive and still have yeah. to fight and so that's why he chose to leave it kind of ambiguous dude and i'm really happy but i mean you know how i feel about horror movies that end with like an unambiguously good ending yeah you know like rarely do i care for that i know there have been a few in the past where i'm like you know that where it's like you earned, know like what was yeah. it the you know or like what uh the dark yeah and i'm like you know what that little girl deserves to be human again. You know, I liked that she didn't get saved. You know, I liked that it didn't end with her on a life raft or someone being like, what happened to you? You know, well, she's self-rescuing. Her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she, I, I choose to believe she gets off that fucking island. I do too. I love the idea of the thematic ending and I, the visual of that when the camera pulls out and the island's just up in flames is incredible. Oh, Yeah. I choose to believe she gets that ending, but I, I also believe that she like saves herself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love her. She is, she is an understated badass. And like, and realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like we don't get that. It's just that out of nowhere, all of a sudden she's a killing machine. No. Super fast and super strong and can build all sorts of contraptions out of Island bits, you know, like she really did use the resources around her in believable ways and she was still someone who was like well you know she's not an american ninja warrior in the end she didn't she's smart she's resourceful she does things that i maybe would not have thought about but she's not like making a radio out of a coconut you know what i mean like she didn't make a catapult yeah exactly like it's all stuff that she you could see how the thought process worked and you're like oh that's a good idea i wouldn't have thought of that but it's not some ridiculous thing 
right. it's like totally out of the bounds of reason. And there's something very powerful about that. That, like I said, you know, I think it's because you just never, ever fucking see that. You never see yeah. that. Yeah, there are so many things in this movie that are never, or you know, not often done in other movies that that make it more believable, more, more realistic. Yeah, and you know, there are a lot of reasons why I really like this movie, but that that's a big one. So I'm glad you liked this movie because it's one that I I we I mean, obviously, you don't have to like a movie just because I like it, but it was one that I was excited for you to see because I felt like it was for you. I yeah, I really really liked this movie. Oh, it's so glad. <laughs> like I 100% would recommend it. Me too. I and mean, not even just to people where I'm like, "Oh, you like strong, resourceful, realistic female characters? Have I got the movie for you?" I would probably just recommend this to anyone who's looking for a movie. You know, right? like Right? I totally yeah. agree. Like just sort of like blanket This I feel comfortable pretty much recommending this to just about anybody. Yeah. It's just like a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Agreed. I love this movie. I'm so, so, so glad that you liked it. All right, any other thoughts before we move on to your whiskey or your, your beverage pairing, your adult beverage pairing? I don't think so. I think we probably covered everything that I felt about this movie. Yeah. I feel like there's maybe one other thing, but I don't remember what it was now because, you know, out of all the notes that I've obviously taken, I always <laughs> take. All right, sommelier, what are we drinking? If we were, If you were to watch this movie again, what would you pair with it for a beverage? Okay, so this is actually something that I've had before. Okay. And I think you have too, actually. I think we've talked about this. Okay. So have you ever heard of a Calimocho? Mm, I don't know. It is equal parts shitty red wine and Coca-Cola. Oh, I have not had it, but I really want to try it. It sounds awful. It's super good. I think you recommended this to me before, and I was like, I need to try this. It's super good. It's right. weird. I don't know why, because it shouldn't. It shouldn't make sense. It shouldn't be good. But it's we super are good. going to drink that when we go to Astoria. Oh yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, it's a done deal. Like we're gonna go. Like we'll do like we did last time, where we'll go to the store and we'll stock up our our rental, and we're gonna get some shitty red wine and some Coca Cola, and we're gonna have one of those. It's or so good. Several. And it, it's so weird why it's good. I don't know why it, do, it doesn't make sense. Often, you know, much like a land shark. But the reason why <laughs> I picked it was because a she finds Coca Cola on the island. Yes. And b because somehow for some reason, whenever I don't know, red wine makes me think of. Well, it's like a message in a bottle kind of thing. Like you can see a wine bottle like bobbing yeah. in the current to the island. You can see that. Yeah, that and, like, I really felt like the title of this movie was meant to be spitting in the eye of all the toxic, awful people to be like, oh, yeah, you want to see a sweetheart? I'll show you a sweetheart. (laughs) This feels a little bit like that kind of turning the tables on you and being like, yeah, you want to see red wine and Coca-Cola? I'll make it good. (laughs) I love it! It's like a little bitter, but a little sweet and a very, very spiteful. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to drink these with you. We are definitely making these. We're gonna get drunk and we're gonna like we're gonna get out a Ouija board and try to contact the ghost in our (laughs) in our haunted B and B. And we're gonna get sassy because that's what happens when you drink Cali Mochos. I don't know why, but for some reason it makes you super like 
yeah, you think this is gross? I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because you're defying, like, the laws of nature a little right? bit. <laughs> and newsflash, it's delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. For people out there, we don't have any listener feedback this week. So for people out there that are listening and you are excited because you have discovered the magic that is sweetheart, or maybe you think we're totally nuts and it sucked, you can email us because we'd love to hear from you at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can hit us up on the facebook page where we are always a lurking and if you like the show as always i'm gonna ask you to do us a big favor and leave us an itunes review all right mars what are we watching for the next episode so we're gonna watch a movie that i actually have already seen okay but i don't know it's like like i enjoy it but i don't know why okay so it might be bad. It's also been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> oh, you are selling me, girl. You know just what to say. I know. We're going to follow up. She walks the woods hey. with the Chernobyl Diaries. <laughs> All right, Chernobyl Diaries. It's a found footage about people okay. who take like an illegal trip, like tour guide trip into Chernobyl, and there are things Ooh, there. That sounds good. It sounds like all the things I like. I don't remember hating it. Okay. But I Again, also... you're really selling it. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, for some reason, I feel like it was bad. But I don't remember thinking it was bad. So I'm very confused. Maybe this can answer some questions for me. Okay, let's do it. I'm into it. Chernobyl Diaries for the next episode. Done. I don't. I remember when people were reviewing it, so I know what it is, but I don't remember. It's been so long that I don't even remember what I knew about it, except for that it was found footage and in Chernobyl. But I, the concept is cool. Yeah, well, and like the thing is, is that as much as I wouldn't recommend She Walks the Woods to anyone, I didn't hate my time watching it. No. There were things about it that I still liked. And it was fun to talk about regardless. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe Chernobyl Diaries is going to be somewhat of the same vein where we're going to get cool. down and be like, not great, still had fun. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm totally into that. Yeah, Chernobyl Diaries, it is done and done. That'll be fun. All right, cool. Well, in that case, Mars, take us out. Thanks for coming back, everyone. Uh, watch the Chernobyl Diaries, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Your superhero name would be the Brown Note. Oh, my God. I am the Brown Note. <laughs> You're the no. human embodiment of the Brown Note. Hold for me to open new beer. Please. Open beer. I'm going to open my Nalgene because I know how to party. Ugh, such a beautiful sound. It really is. Like, I'm, sometimes when you do that, my mouth actually waters. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like... <laughs>